You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith. Today I'm extraordinarily pleased to bring you a stone-cold banger of an episode with foil, arms and hog. Now I begin this episode with a little apology to the boys because I've never seen them live. I've always seen their posters at the Edinburgh Festival and I guess there was something that looked a little bit too clean-cut about them. I was like, oh, sketch act, three white guys, sure. What a fool I was. They're so, so good at their YouTube content, which comprises lots of clips from their live shows, which I now wish I had been at. Uh, All of that stuff precedes them. They are wonderful. And the more I mention them to people, the more I realise loads of my friends are really into them and they have this huge kind of cult following. We will go on in this episode to discuss a little bit about the difference between uh, live fans, their live following, and their YouTube fans and the different ways in which they are kind of famous underground, famous permanent underground. Dogs. We'll get into all of that. There are 40 minutes of absolutely cracking extras uh, from this episode in which we talk about um, some of their, they share their homemade vocabulary of sketch writing terms, including the Matrix, the Swan Dive, how to Chris Rock something, and so much more. Um, and we'll, uh, I also, there's a lovely bit where I force them to describe in excruciating detail each other's strengths and weaknesses. All of that at comedianscomedian.com slash insiders uh, to sign up for all the extra content from this show, uh, which is hundreds of hours now uh, for any £2 a month or however much more you feel like spending on top of that because you love the show and recognise that it's you've been listening for nearly 10 years in some cases um, or you've been listening to this intro and thought this is bloody good I'm going to get hold of these extras it's entirely up to you here's Sean, Connor and Sean aka Foil, Arms and Hog Where are you at the moment? Are you in your office? and have you in fact rented an office in order to film sketches based in offices? Uh, yeah, yes. yeah, we have we have an office. It's our second office. Gone yeah. through two offices. Yeah, um, it was funny because the last office didn't look like an office. So whenever we wanted to do office stuff, we had to <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had to dress it as an office. Yeah, we have so many kind of like kind of big flats that we just move in with different wallpapers on them and all sorts of different things. That the hardest thing for our office to look like is an office yeah we can make it look like a living room easier than we can make it look like an office <laughs> you're seriously you have you have uh you have wall wallpapered walls on flats on wheels yeah yeah, yeah they we need like they're right over here <laughs> they, um, 10 I of mean, them yeah you do realize you're sitting in front of a green screen so i did yeah. wonder. Uh, <laughs> yeah the green screen actually is funny we almost never use the green screen but we the reason we have that there is for sounds just for you because we thought like well with your podcast let's put some nice like cloth behind us and think one thing we so, think of as yeah. a big green screen Bless you. Well, this is the sort of technical know-how I would uh, expect from YouTubers. So are you YouTubers? The YouTubers. Oh, no. Hey, become YouTubers. Oh, no. Hey, man, I'm a YouTuber. No. Hey, YouTube. Yeah. You've got, what is it, 400 and something thousand subscribers on YouTube. You've had over 100 bajillion hits and all your stuff. I mean, you're YouTubers, right? Like, there must be... Uh, and I, I say that partly to, to uh, introduce you to... Um, to listeners to this who are not familiar with your work. And in fact, before we even get into the YouTuber question, I will start with a confession because you've been doing Edinburgh for a decade and I've been doing Edinburgh for like 25 years and I've never seen you live. 
Oh, no <laughs> way. I'm familiar with your stuff only from seeing you online. Mm. So it kind of, I, uh, I want to start with an apology because I should have seen you by now, right? I probably, okay. I probably skipped your first couple of years for some reason because there's loads of stuff there. Good and call. then by the time you were in McEwen Hall, I was like, well, those guys are doing all right. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I rejected you on that basis. I think, but you know what, like you never, when you're on at around eight o'clock or nine o'clock, you don't get to see anything from... Sure. In, if, from, yeah, it takes out like two and a half hours. Ten, like you're in yeah. the Edinburgh Fringe, you're just kind of you're either getting ready for your show, napping, eating, writing or, your show. Yeah, because we go with a new show. We don't go with a finished show. We go to a brand new show. So the first two weeks of Edinburgh are pure hell as we rewrite the show every afternoon and morning Absolute before hell. testing it that night. Because you're YouTubers. Hey, <laughs> that's what right, YouTubers mate. would do. All right, mate. This podcast is over. Yeah. Hang up the mics. We're out of here. No, but that's that is fascinating, and very few people <laughs> treat it like that. You didn't treat it like that in the early days, presumably. You went there with a finished thing, intended no, to. We've, we've build always done we've it. always done this, yeah. Which is why we never really feel bad about it. So I think there was oh, we were talking about it one year. We should really get the show like in a polished state for Edinburgh, and then kind of like, well, actually, the audience that came last year kind of saw it as we put it together and they didn't seem to mind so that's the kind of precedent we set so yeah. plus that like it can- is sorry go on oh no I was just, I was just gonna say like Edinburgh is so tough and so long like to come out of it with a finished polished show is amazing but to go in I would imagine and do the same show every night for 26 nights so in a row boring. that's like polished and you know where all the jokes work that must be so just so boring. boring. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so boring. Empty I inside. I love the moments <laughs> on this show where I can imagine the listeners, pro comics who are listening, thinking, "You motherfuckers!" Like <laughs> it, is, it is boring and hard, and that is. I'm surprised to hear that you use it like that. But what an incredibly elegant way to use Edinburgh! What an amazing way! Oh, we'll go to Edinburgh, work up the new show, and presumably work up sketches that then will have a life of their own, either on YouTube as the live video of that sketch mm. or you'll sell them on your Patreon or whatever on your website or they will presumably inform and inspire YouTube-only sketches which are shot in your office. So the creativity is like you're using Edinburgh arguably as it should be used, not as the Olympics, but as the, the, the workbench. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a good way though. I mean, it's, it's, it's just... It's very stressful. <clears throat> it's just, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a timetable we fell into. And then we, we had to stick to it because that was the year. Because, you know, you've done Edinburgh. You've done all the writing. It's horrible. And then it's finished. You don't want to do it for another year. But, like, in order to book that trend for ourselves, we would have to do Edinburgh, do it all again. And then when we finish Edinburgh, start writing again. No, thank you. Yeah, no way. Yeah, No, right. that's the hard bit. That's great. So you flipped it because I, I see Australian performers at Edinburgh with shows which are really, really ready because they've been at Melbourne or on all the other, other yeah. Australian festivals. Yeah. People have got like different, they approach the calendar in one way. I approached it in like, okay, Edinburgh is, that's the month of August, that's the finish line. And then I start writing, I have September off and then I start writing on October the 1st. I don't anymore, but that was like for years I would do that. Right. Yeah. And so everyone approaches it with their kind of thing so let's let's go back a bit then so you mm. you've got this phenomenal level of success and i've got to say as well as someone who hasn't seen you live i have been loving your online stuff Cheers, uh, you. and i would say and i posted it this morning in the comcom group as i've been you know kind of researching over the last couple of weeks one man play could have been written for me to enjoy it like tickles everything <laughs> in me that i'm like oh god oh my fucking god this is this is written for me this is like inception and i want to get it we'll get into some of that as kind of like um a motif of like we'll we'll unpack that in a bit um 
I had a, a really interesting listener question. The listener's going mad, going, oh, finally, you know, been recommending you for a long time. Um, I had a really interesting listener question that might be a good place to start, which is from Sandra Hayes, who says, I'm really interested in whether they think coming from a scientific background rather than an arts background has shaped the way they're they approach their comedy. Also, watch Arms Get Upset at the notion of Foyle's architecture background being considered scientific. Yeah, well, we'll get to that in a second. Yes. I, I suppose Arty. I approach it from an arts and a scientific background with yeah. my two degrees in science this and architecture. This is such bullshit. And so, the lowly scientist this, over here. Oh, sorry, did I, I didn't mean that. It was a slip of the tongue. So, this is like... This used to actually annoy me. Now I find it funny. But he went to he went to he did architecture, and after three years, they handed him a science diploma. Right? No, it's actually a degree. He says it's higher a degree. degree. I've never seen the paper. <laughs> you just I brought it in once. Did I you bring it in? Probably. Probably black. Oh my god! Do you know what made it worse? Is because oh, so basically architecture was like a five year course. After three years, a lot of people don't want to do it, so they give you a degree so that you can go off and do something else, but at least you haven't wasted your three years. Well, you kind of have because it's a science degree, but still, look, it doesn't matter. No, um, they gave uh, they gave me this. So I, I no use for this degree. I was going to finish architecture anyway. So I went looking for this degree to prove to arms that I, it was a proper science degree. And I dug around. I was trying to find, like, where where could I, where did I keep it? Where you was it? You vindictive bastard. I, I found it in a drawer, right? And it was rolled up, but holding the scroll in place was a baby's rattle. <laughs> like a circular part of a baby's rattle that we used for a, a sketch called Professional Babies was put around the scroll to hold. That's how little I thought of it. I had a baby's rattle keeping my science degree Fair safe. Um, but, um, so, so uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, means to attack each other aside. Let's talk, let's, let's, so the question was, is the scientific background rather than arts background, has that shaped it? Because one of the things I think, I so. think I, I think one of like the, the kind of opening observations I would make about what you do is it's clean as a whistle. You're such an, efe- a, 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 an efficient three-hander sketch show. Like if you look at kind of the last 10 years, you've been going there for 10 or 11 years. Well, not that it happened, but, you know, it was 11 years ago you started doing Edinburgh. And to be the powerhouse that you are now, like everything must have worked to get you to where you are now. You've got these incredibly clean, organized aesthetics. You are using the festival to write stuff that, to complement the YouTube channel. It's all growing and building and building and now must be at a kind of escape velocity, I would imagine. And, and that, it's so, it seems to me like what might differentiate you from other three or four-hander sketch groups that I've seen is you don't kind of have that, God, we're all a bit of a disaster and that's the joke. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? What you have is a really clean, certainly in the stuff I've seen, a really clean, rehearsed, slick kind of aesthetic. And I'm wondering, and, and as well, I would imagine that's emblematic of the kind of operating system. Now, tell me, tell me I'm wrong. Maybe you're just fucking about and you've been no. fucking about you know for so what? long like, it's become... It's funny, like, you say, like, it's all a bit of disaster and that's the joke. Like, <laughs> like do you know what? Like, they are amazing moments when they're authentic, you know, mm. and it's about creating an environment where that can happen authentically, you know, that you're not trying to... So, yeah, the, the stuff is the, the... I guess we're talking about the live show now. Like, the scripts are, are really written and they're, they become tight as a drum. And then they become too tight and the joy kind of just starts to kind of leave them a little bit. So you have to leave unstructured areas in those scripts where you can improvise and with improvisation anything can happen. <clears throat> well, I'm usually a bit of a disaster anyway. Yeah, but so, so, yeah that's, especially that's, when it comes to the set list. 
So, you know, <clears throat> if ever there's any going to be any mistakes happening, it'll be me with the set list, especially in Edinburgh, mm. when the set list is fresh and the sketches are in a certain order. And I don't know what that order is. <laughs> and I just can't seem to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave up trying. <laughs> yeah, we I gave, gave, trying gave up trying. And then it just, you know, the show is new and you just see this, this pause. You see me looking around. If you're sharp, you can see me looking around, looking for cues <laughs> as to what the next the worst, there's, the is going to be. There's one that you have to start and like you. <laughs> Foil can't do anything, we can't do anything to help you, so we're gone. And you're standing there, kind of looking, and then, oh no, am I like, and then, then you have to kind of change character, but it's just so like in front of everyone's eyes, the magic is completely lost as you try to, yeah, yeah. But But you kind of absorb that, that quality of Hogs, who I believe is one of the Sean's. So yes, like, you, we'll, get, we'll get, get into the names in a minute. I mean, mm. in a minute, I'll ask you to introduce yourself. But we'll get to that. Um, uh, but you've kind of, you've factored that in. So it's like, because through constant repetition of year after year after year, you, you know how each other work, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. We, we, the three of us have each yeah, characteristics that we know we can play to on stage for sure. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> With, yeah, Sean sort of being more the kind of fatherly sort of steward. Yeah. Um, at times but yeah, yeah, yeah. We, all, we all go in we go in and we out of each role so like you know yeah so. so it keeps it interesting for ourselves and for the yeah. audience as well so but there's you definitely sw- a, yeah so you, I, I thought you meant you swap around the roles within sketches you just mean like you you kind of in the in the uh the building of it so i, I do understand no that. yeah just i suppose when it goes off the rails like normally i would slip into the person who's trying to you know bring it back onto the just naturally mm-hmm. you know like you're trying to get us back um, and then Hog is all over the place and then Arms is maybe somewhere in between it's kind of what the names are like you were going to ask in a second anyway Foil comedic Foil Arms Arms and Legs Clumsy Hog Hog's the Limelight um, mm-hmm. it's kind of these stereotypes that we naturally play but then sometimes I can go off the rails and the lads have to bring me back or vice versa but I suppose naturally mm-hmm. what we s- sit into when it goes off the rails statistically yes. 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 from an engineering point of and view and as we all know comedy <laughs> is all about yeah, yeah. statistics, statistics. <laughs> the marks <laughs> And so like, just coming back to that, that educational thing, that, that scientific background, do you think, is there any merit in that observation? Definitely. Oh, I think yeah, so. I think you only be. mentioned there the other day, I don't know if you've seen the, 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 uh, the movie Moneyball. Uh, yes. Stuart, oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Tell me exactly what you're going to say, because I feel like I know. Great. Yeah. So, Fingo uh, <clears throat> um, here, um, Foil here, uh, said, I'd love to have the statistics, you know, from, from all the gigs that we've done, you know, the laughs per minute. The, you know, I the, it was me. The, the, yeah, it was you too. Yeah, it was you yeah, too. We've all, only, yeah, we've only, all talked about only, it. Only, only four came up with a really funny way to say it. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the money ball go on, go metaphor. On, sorry. Uh, but he was looking just for looking for those those statistics of like you know the last per minute, the jokes per sentence, the the the. What's, yeah, what sketches what get what laughs yeah. and to what degree do we get a belly laugh do we get a little yeah. laugh do we get a yeah and and the uh, the um the like the decibel level of the laughs per per head as well of course but you know that I was saying to you before that I was reading in in um, one of the Marx Brothers autobiographies Harpo Marx wrote that um, their their manager or their their mother I think the early years or whatever would stand at the back of the theater and have a list of every single gag in the show and the live show and then would give it a tick um no laugh uh or medium laugh big laugh and so okay. at the end of the show they would have right how did the show go and everyone has mm. their different perceptions obviously including the person who's marked it mm. but at least they can go well hang on that got yeah. a big laugh three nights in a row look three big ticks yeah mm. yes <clears throat> you know i don't yeah. know like there's something in that i guess but you, you of course people just do that but they do it in their head but oftentimes that's what the benefit of having three people is because you go 
uh, foil says, oh, I didn't think that worked really well. And I go, actually, I thought it worked really well. Mm, and then yeah. Hawk says, oh, it didn't work well at all. <laughs> Back to square one. <laughs> yeah, you, you do find that. A little, yeah. like, you're like, wait a minute, what room was I in? Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, I felt like I was dying on my hole out there no. on that, just that particular line or whatever. Yeah. And, and then yeah. you're like, no, 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 no. They were loving that. Like, oh. <laughs> well, usually the person who says the joke is, is the opinion that trumps Yes. Do you know what I mean? If it's yes. a stalemate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you... They're you embodying have, it. You still have to trust that feeling. Yeah. Did you feel happy when you said this joke <laughs> yeah. and they responded? Or did you feel sad? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and that's really the litmus. put yourself really. through saying that joke over and over again. Yeah, yeah. On the basis of yeah. two of your friends saying it's good. Yeah, as you die yeah. It's like we used to equate it like, you know, you're sending me over the top with like a gun with no bullets or, <laughs> you know, you're sending me over the top with a spear against a, it's against a Gatling gun with that, <laughs> with that joke. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's interesting to, yeah. that that way sorry oh no it's to say like just on that kind of science thing it's, it must be so much easier for three people to analyze a show because there's yeah. three there's three eyes there's three looking at it with yeah. a lot on the on the place yeah yeah they, um, they, there's not much room for for being delusional yeah i don't know how like <laughs> you know it must be very hard as a stand like if i had to analyze all the sketches just myself it'd be very different outcomes well but, all you have to do is to look at a first draft <clears throat> of a sketch that we write where you think you know, or any one of us thinks, oh, oh, this is really funny. And then someone else comes in and goes, yeah, but that makes no sense. That does shouldn't go there. That needs to go up here. And we need to slightly change the premise. And then it's a way better yeah. sketch. And you think to yourself, if I was on my own, the draft one would have been the one that we yeah. went with. Because you can't get out of your own head. That's what I always wonder about a stand-up when they write material. Yeah, when you have it on the page, you wrote it, you think it's great. And it's very, very difficult to step back from that material and be critical as to why maybe it's not working. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in yeah. the office, you get to come in and present it, <clears throat> and as you read it out, you realise that the other two people aren't laughing, and perhaps it isn't actually as funny as you previously yeah. thought it was. Uh, yeah. Every day, every day, you go through the experience. Uh, if you're writing in a group, of like you go through a sketch, and some 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 jokes make the grade and some uh, make the cut at the end of the day, and some don't. And then every every like every ten minutes, you go, "Oh, no, that joke is really good." No, that's just my joke. That's my joke. It's not really good. It's just it's just my joke. That's why I really like yes. the joke. And you gotta like you just gotta just gotta like pepper it. You know, you gotta pinch of salt your own jokes each time. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So with regard to that, with regard to the writing, is that a pretty well oiled machine now writing? How has the way that you write as a three changed over the last ten or eleven years? It's yeah, it's very Oh god, it's always gets better. We still have so much we were still learning like still learning yeah. but god compared to where we were even last year there's no yeah. kind of like the, mm-hmm. the good thing about now is that there's no fear anymore like I, we're not worried that we won't well, there will be nothing you know yeah. Yeah. we start a writing session I know I know with 100% certainty that at the end of it we'll have something that we can film you know whereas years ago at the back of your mind you're looking at the clock you're going three o'clock half three we need something by five we're not going to make it you know and then you start to panic and you go no this is the script that we have to keep now you know there was that sort of thing whereas now you just kind of like last night this this is not a regular occurrence to be fair but last night we had a script that we had to bin at 20 past four and um we just pulled out another idea and started working on it for about an hour and that's what we're going to do today because we're such a legend. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we're such legends. <laughs> yeah. But years ago, we would have stayed stuck in stuff way yeah, longer. Yeah, stuck in it, yeah. And part of it was going over to Second City in Chicago and doing like a week-long course yeah. there, which really helped us uh, realise that there's a language to talk about sketches and about sketch writing yeah. and, and the types of sketches that you're doing and maybe why they aren't working and what type of sketch they are and how they, they're crafted. And 
along with that, that kind of opened our heads up to, oh my God, a language where you can say, like, it's on game. This this joke is on the game. That's off the game. You know, you're not hitting the premise strong enough. You are in the premise. This is more character-based. This is more gag-based. This is going to flow because it's topical. This isn't, but it's character and it's fun. And then we've developed our own language. Of our own, yeah. Of our own, yeah. alongside yeah. that. A verbal shorthand yeah. or something. Yeah. So this is Foil Arms and Hog. What a joy. Loads of more stuff to come from them. We're going to talk about punchline density data science i mean i'm going to talk about data science but i don't know that we're particularly going to uh, uh, get into it because their approach to seo and titling given the enormous crowd they have on youtube is admirably lazy <laughs> so a uh, bit more on that coming up we'll talk about the differences between online audiences we'll find out the coincidental sort of accidental thievery the parallel thinking that led them to uh, obsessively google to check sketches haven't been done before that sounds very painful and um, we'll talk about uh, black wednesday uh, at the fringe and how they use the fringe in the unique way in which they do um and we will also and i should have said this at the very beginning there's a thing they say at the end of this which is so wonderful it's to do with um pooling their personal ambitions collectively and it sort of is a a big part i guess of how they maintain the core stability of the group and it's emblematic of just how lovely they are it, it's such a great thing. Now, that is, uh, that's all of that. Listen, there's 40 minutes, 40 minutes. Great extras on this one. I nearly put it out as a two-parter, and I thought, no, reward the insiders for their faithful patronage. So if you have joined up, and if you haven't yet, you can at comedianscomedian.com slash insiders. Not only will you get ad-free episodes, but also 40 minutes of extras from the lads, uh, including The Matrix, The Swan Dive, Chris Rocking, and a bunch of other of their sort of personalised DIY sketch terms such that they can uh, work very cleanly and efficiently and know exactly what each other means um that is all great stuff plus there have been some cracking extras recently um adam rowe we had extras from jonathan coulton we had extras from finn taylor there's some just belting stuff up there and hundreds and hundreds of hours uh, all of which you can enjoy for a minimum two pound a month or as much as you would like to spend right just before we get back to foil arms and hog if you are in bristol or the southwest every tuesday night now we're running chops uh, at friendly records in bedminster i was going to tell you about the brilliant show we've got with Alistair Beckett King, but it's already sold out because it does already sell out. We keep the headliner secret. Um, and I shouldn't have told you, but it's sold out, so it doesn't matter. Um, but there's some fantastic headliners coming up there. And also, myself and Catherine Bohart on the 8th of December are going to be in the Rivington... Uh, what is it called? Um, the Rivington Room in Shoreditch Town Hall, you know, where they do ARG. Um, or they, they did do ARG back in the day. I hope they still do ARG. Um, and uh, you can come and see us both. Uh, it's uh, only 60 capacity. It's selling pretty well. Bohart's new stuff is absolutely on fire. Mine is some uh, wet sticks. <laughs> because it doesn't exist i've got three bits because i did the, the thing i'm not supposed to talk about and i burnt all of the all of the existing material i've got three good bits for next year and um whoa i mean it's it's 12 pounds 10 pounds concessions she's worth all of that but i will do my best to give you six quids worth of value so it'd be lovely to sell that out wednesday the 8th of december in shoreditch town hall um and some other general bits and bobs coming up um but then we kind of get into christmas gig mode um there's a last chance if you are um if you're if you're listening to this and you're thinking god i haven't sorted out the christmas party what on earth are we going to do we're working virtually you can book the virtual office party i should i'm only realizing now i should have been really bigging this up on the podcast for the last few months i've taken i've done all the uh, annals and avenues i can 
um, and I wasted 400 quid on some LinkedIn advertising. I should have just told you about it more. The other thing is the resilience stuff is going tremendously well. And if you're planning any kind of January kickstart for your team or you suspect that your management might be, uh, get in touch. Have a look at stuartgoldsmith.com and you can find out all about that under the tab marked speaking. Uh, I've had a few of those booked in for January, which is an enormous financial relief to me. And also it made me go, oh, yeah, of course, this is a great thing to kick the year off. So if you're in the mood for one of them, tuck in. Let's get back to Foil Arms and Hot. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Why do you think that is? That they? What's your theory on why there is such a difference in in the time of the, the crafting time for something? Like I'll tell you what, it's because stage stuff needs to be funnier. Or the standard, yes. Yeah, the the standard. standard needs to be much higher. Uh, you need to have a whole room of live people laughing at it all the time. Every single joke. Um, whereas a video can find its own audience. It can go off. If someone didn't find it funny, you know, they probably just won't have watched it. They won't but, click on. They won't have clicked on it because they probably won't have liked. They know they won't have. They're not going to like it. Yeah. So yes. they're not there. Also, style of delivery. You can. You can. <clears throat> the pace of a live sketch. You can make it. Or sorry, a film sketch. You can force the pace because you yes. can jump cut very quickly. Or that didn't work. We can skip over that and we can jump to that scene. Now we can yes. fix it in the edit. So you have more um, tools at your yeah, disposal. You can yeah. go in super close and deliver a quiet line, funny. Whereas on stage, everything has to be pretty much of a volume. The pace is dictated. That's it. It is what it is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and, then, and, yeah. and it, if a joke like if a joke falls flat on on a video, people will probably still keep watching. And but there'll only be one person in that room. They won't find it awkward that they didn't find that funny. Mm-hmm. But if there's a whole room of people didn't laugh at a certain line, everyone will notice. Yeah. And that will. I can see you beside <clears> me, <throat> and you didn't laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't. Yes. Laugh. That's and a wait a minute. Fair enough. Funny. funny. <laughs> yeah. And that might snowball. You know, you've yeah. lost momentum there. Yeah. And I just want to—I just want to loop back for a second on the content of the videos. They—they they are punchline dense videos. I don't want anyone listening to this who is less familiar with your online work to imagine that when you say, "Oh, you know, the the live stuff has to be stronger," that the videos are in any way not strong. I mean, there are the punchline density is phenomenal. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. 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 Well, when yeah. you because you've you found what one of the things I love about your stuff is that you you seem to and again maybe it's the sort of scientific process angle and I do think that one of the other um, one of like probably the biggest <laughs> I won't say YouTuber but biggest comic who is also on YouTube and um, who's been on this show is Nigel Lung who has a background in data science. You know, he does the Uncle Roger character, which has just gone absolutely bananas. He's got millions and millions of subscribers. His background is in data science. So he's very, very specifically checking out all of the the (laughs) metrics, what happens this time of day. You know, he's built the whole Uh, system himself and kind of researched it. He's done exactly what he is the money ball guy. 
He is the comedian. 100%. So when he was talked about in this interview, when he got a particular viral hit, everyone on YouTube went to the rest of his channel to check it out and everything there was completely prepped to go viral. So then it kicked it into the algorithm and suddenly it went bananas. Anyway, you should talk to him. We should. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we often don't, well, we don't really play that game. Uh, We kind of get to the video and we're like, there's the video, we really like it. And then... Yeah, we're definitely much more lax on the promotion and tagging even of the it. title of it I mean sometimes yeah. we we're a bit better now than we were maybe even last year but sometimes the title of it or the marketing of it we add that at the very last minute yeah. and it's like there's like two minutes thought gone into it yeah that yeah. seems that seems strange to me given that given how hard like you're really hard workers you you edit hard, you write hard. I want to come back to the writing and the editing and the relationship between those in a second. But that does seem strange to me because from the outside, it looks like you've experimented, you're on the case and you are knocking out, like these videos are being seen by hundreds of thousands of people. Like your audience online is greater, one would imagine, than the amount of people who've ever or maybe will ever see you live. True, mm, definitely. Yeah. So is there something, It's it seems odd to me that that, I mean, does it feel to you like that's kind of a, a blind spot in your process that you aren't really on top of the tagging and the titling and all the rest of it. Like if someone said, if I, if I was a, you know, a YouTube masterclass guy and I was like, oh no, no, you could, uh, you could 10x the number of views you get if you did that. Isn't that worth a course for a week? Like going to second city? It's probably yeah. because we're railing naturally against what everyone thinks we are the the youtuber and we yes, don't right. we don't really think of ourselves like we are way 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 better at stage than we are at film but everybody what does knows better us better mean what is bet what metric is that because Funnier. if you look at the amount of like is it your enjoyment of it is that the difference more, more no ima- more, more more skilled i think skilled more imaginative more like i think i think well, we're I, don't at a, know. I think we're at a high know. level on stage and i think the videos a lot of people can make funny videos i mean not many people can do it every single week which is tough and it's but that's just hard work you know what i mean but like it takes it's taken us a lot of time on stage to get to where we are at and to get that level of performance and i just think it's easier to get good at videos quicker definitely so so it's so it's so there's a couple of things you've mentioned there one is it's maybe it's less meaningful to you to be really good at videos because you think that's less hard one one of the things is maybe your enjoyment of it. It's got to be. There's got to be. There's got to be no relationship between a thousand people going bananas at a joke you've just improvised in live mm. in a room and you pressing send or whatever it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit done on the upload. So yeah. there's no difference there. But then, what are the other kind of balls in the air there? What are the other kind of aspects of that? Because if you, when I say what do you mean by better, there's like there's personally satisfying. There's how much money it makes. There's how many people see it, and all of those things exist in their own kind of context of like you said you know if like if you don't want to be seen as youtubers what's that about because you are youtubers right i think it could, <laughs> could be pretentiousness oh, yeah. as well could be creeping yeah, into yeah. it do you know what i mean like like we we want to create a funny video and that's where like it's about the funny mm, mm, the comedy yeah. of it all and then mm. someone's like well if you really thought about the tagging and the promotion of it, that's not for me to think about which is dumb yeah. I've created the, yeah. which yeah. is from a work it point of view, it's silly. It should speak for itself. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. should go viral on its own accord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. We're, a bit, yeah. We're a bit better than that now. We've kind of figured out, it's funny because uh, we had a, we, what do we have a US immigration video that we did and it went, uh, it was one of our first big viral hits. Yeah, it went Especially everywhere. in the States. And um, it like a good, 
you know, we, we just kind of went, oh, that's pretty funny. And then I think two years later, we did a UK immigration one and then we stopped. And that was like three years ago. Yeah, the UK immigration was the like, same sketch, just like we yeah. kept everything the same. Yeah. It was like we'd found a, a structure a for a sketch. Yeah, we never came back to it. Like, And then three years later, uh, this year, we were like, oh my God, why have we not done any other countries in this? Like this was a this was a hit machine. Why do we just... Why did we stop? And um, I don't know. We just we just didn't think of it. We just honestly didn't think of it. And then we've done four more, four, four more absolutely belters yeah, in this the same year format. Or like this between this year, and <laughs> German immigration, so Russian funny. immigration, that Irish immigration. That was going to be one of my questions. Was about like about you finding a format. I have to say, I didn't look at the dates on those. So my assumption was you did the USA one. It went bananas, and you went great. We've got something. Come on, lads, rub nah, hands together no, and do no, the like USA idiots, one. like fools. Around the office, what yeah. do we watch with today? <laughs> well, was was there within that feeling? Was there that sort of resistance that we're exploring about resistance to being thought of as a YouTube person? Is there some element of that? Is that maybe what made you either hesitant to repeat it, or like what I'm saying is, was there a bit of you that was like, well, that's gone massive, but if we just do that again, that's the sort of thing a YouTuber would do. Well, I think the two lads probably have a little more integrity than I do. I'd be a little bit more, I'd be a little bit more on the naff side of things than uh, than um, uh, of uh, what uh, I'd be willing to put up with, maybe. Do you know? Um, whereas I'd be, I'd be happy to take on the title of YouTuber because whatever, yeah, I'm a YouTuber, it's a YouTuber. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't like to be like screamed in my face on a night out. <laughs> you fucking YouTuber, fuck off! <laughs> uh, but you know, but it is what it is. Like, do you know what I mean? And uh, and we make a make a bit of a living yeah. out of it. So. Is that, that's and presumably if you did like is there <laughs> no, listen you've got to be I've got to be gentle because my instinct is always like oh there's a crack there they disagree on something <laughs> let's, yeah, yeah. let's get into yeah, that yeah, go, yeah, yeah, whatever, don't yeah. want to break you guys up yeah. but, um, uh, but I'm interested in that because presumably um, Flango I'm just going to yeah, address you sure, I guess yeah. that you're Flango from the yeah. base of this it's very difficult I'm sat there with like a logic problem going okay arms must be that one and we should have sat in order for written you. it down <laughs> um, but presumably if that interests you one of the interests there is hey the, the thing all of all of the YouTube content could have an extra zero on it like it could it could be bigger if you if you nailed mm. that stuff down presumably that might make a difference financially it might make a difference to how many tickets you sell how many how much merch you sell and those are all things that you like so i'm just wondering like if i was in your position why would i not and and arguably i am in in a microcosm of your position i've got a podcast i don't bother putting <laughs> clips on youtube i don't get around to it part of the reason i don't get around to it is i look down on it because i'm in my 40s and i grew up with people who were into live comedy those are my influences I, i'm not a spy yeah to be like people who make stuff on YouTube mm. is that part of it yeah I don't know if someone ever said we were an influencer I think that'd be that'd be too much to tell that'd yeah that'd be, that'd be oh, yeah. Jesus yeah, well, that'd be because, because you associate that with kind of vapidity because yeah. you're that's even because too nasty for me. We're content yeah. creators is what I think. I you guess. are yeah. content yeah, creators. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and if that makes your skin crawl, I'm interested in why. <laughs> yeah. I content know. creators. You oh get, my God, you're that content creator. <laughs> I love you. You get lumped into a big barrel of stuff and, and don't, like some content creators are amazing and, and yeah. some of them are really not. And unfortunately, it's too broad a term to cover to cover everyone yeah because we work so hard making the v- weekly videos and then you see someone who puts out four videos in a week and gets more views but they've just you know but, it's, yeah, but what no. they've done is lazy 
yeah, yeah, really yeah. Easy and the, some of them, yeah. And then that's like, then you're being compared to them. You're like, no, but we, we don't, we haven't done that though. And then there's, there's people who cash in real early, which we didn't, uh, or like have are yet to do so, you know, in, in, in many respects, like we didn't, we didn't monetize anything for a long time. We still don't have mid-roll ads because they interfere with watching the video. But then you have people predicting your income from YouTube based on all these ads that we don't have turned on on our channel. You're like, no, oh, yeah, we're yeah. not Full getting that. Full-on network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, what are you talking about? What did they look that up before? And it was like <laughs> somewhere, but they had a range. It was like hilarious. Like full and hog net worth somewhere between, it's like per month, 100 and 100,000 euros. <laughs> wow, what a scale. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's interesting. I'm um, when you talk about influencers, and yes, so the, that that is too large because I think the way you see yourselves is that, and totally justifiably, is that you are live comedy performers who document what you do and put it online. Uh, yeah, I think we're like yeah, I would say yeah, live comedy performers yeah. who have now gotten decent-ish, hopefully as short form comedy. Yeah, to online. us it's just like a new. It's almost like a TV show that goes out every Thursday at eight a.m. It's like a sketch show, you know. They're not really commissioning sketch shows anymore, but yeah, this is this is the new yeah, this is the new show. way people watch sketch yeah. comedy, and it is like there's amazing sketch comedians up there. There's a lots of you know one one person one phone, and that can be absolutely brilliant in some hilarious, you know. Um, and that's just the new medium is, and people don't have to get used to that. Like, yeah, only you just. When you when you said like you know the Thursday morning at eight o'clock that's at eight a.m. that's already this is another example of how like I don't know is it just, are you just stubborn about it or just we just don't want to play the game of like that is not the best time for us to put out our video <laughs> that's probably one of the worst times we could put out a video and if we really like crunched numbers and looked at our fans and when they want to watch Possibly, it yeah. we would have it but we have kept that up for yeah six seven Screwed years the Americans over for no reason but like. we're just like we're just like no we're sticking to Thursday at 8am if you like our comedy you can watch it we should it. probably switch it yeah <laughs> we're just I, I don't know and what is that well what is that you say I don't know but like is that is that is that central to your idea of your integrity like we're doing you know because switching it would be something a YouTuber does chasing metrics chasing no, algorithmic actually, boosts and what have you that's probably out of fear that if you change it mm you might lose you know you're, you might lose your audience a little bit it certainly was for me I anyway. consistency has probably helped us it's probably oh, it, de- so it does than, than it definitely does changing, we, so. we have been so stubborn in the past and a lot of times it's paid off just like just like <laughs> yeah. powering through we're just gonna we're just gonna do our thing and our audience will find us and go against kind of the recommended stuff oh we did that for Edinburgh for years wasn't it they kept trying to get us to get PR and <coughs> yeah, play yeah. the PR game oh, and yeah. just get reviewers in and we just ignored it yeah or get a big production company to produce your show we stopped invite. we stopped giving free tickets to reviewers to our shows we're like no don't, no it's selling well they don't get a ticket we're just like, we, and everyone's like, what are you doing? Like, no, care. so stubborn. Yeah. Maybe that's what we were learning on this well, podcast. I think we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stu- determined and stubborn. The two <laughs> sides of the same coin, really, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. i tell you what does dictate, though, the, the flow, where we are, like, totally vulnerable to the, the gods of the algorithm, though, sometimes. Because there was a couple of years back there, Facebook changed their algorithm, and they, they changed it briefly in our favour. Uh, where all our our videos were getting consistently a lot more hits than a lot considerably yeah, a lot like more doubled hits. over no double yeah. double like and then and then and we were living off that for a while and we we're like this is great we're increasing our audience and the algorithm they change something again of course they don't tell you what they change 
about the algorithm. They, yeah. they keep that very in-house. And then all of a sudden it got very difficult again. Better videos. These are funnier videos. Not doing as well. With a bigger audience. We're like, oh, what have they done this time? And then they, mm. keep, yeah. they keep changing it. So you never know. What's yeah. going to happen? That's probably another reason we don't respect the, the videos as much as the live show. Because in the live show, to make an audience laugh, you know, even if you're a huge comedian going into your fans, it still has to be funny. But online videos are flippant. You could get... Yeah. Uh, like, we have videos with, like, you know, millions of views uh, that we're like, yeah, that was decent, but the one last week was probably funnier. Yeah. But that has hardly any of the views. Yeah. So it yeah. doesn't quite that, equate to that. That is really fascinating because it must be seductive to think, well, this one's got 10 million views, therefore it's our best sketch. Yeah, yeah. Forgive yeah. me for thinking but that. It's not. It's, not, no. it's just a topical thing. Like you happen to do a sketch on, you know, the World Cup and when the World Cup is on yeah. and then everyone's searching World Cup. Yeah, and the and YouTube, sudden, YouTube engine will pick up on that and goes, yes, people want to look at World Cup now. We're going to show your video to everybody. Uh, your crappy, uh, like, thrown-together comedy video at a World Cup uh, yeah, yeah. with one gag in it. Here it was it really is. good, okay? Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, is that ever, is that frustrating, the fact that you've got, I mean, in, in many ways, it's a sort of, it's a blessing that comedians working in the 90s wouldn't, couldn't have dreamt of that there's, you can make a thing, you upload it to the internet, and then everyone yeah. can see it. Like, it's an incredible gift. But also, it's not one that you're in control of. It's one that they frequently deliberately change the algorithm to stop people gaming it. And it's all kind of opaque, and, and you don't know what the, what the thing is. Is that, is that a frustration? Um, no, we can't just get on with it, really. Well, to I be think honest, yes. maybe because our fan base online has built up so That's much true. over the years because we we just kept at it, and now we kind of have a set level of fans who always watch each week. So even if a video for us kind of doesn't do very well, it's still getting an awful lot of views because it's still reaching our fans and they're still watching it, which is lovely. Mm. It's. Actually, that's a that's the funny it's thing. A staying pair. If you're looking at the comments come in, you're gonna get updates on the comments. If you see negative comments come in about your video, to us that just means the video is doing really well because <laughs> yeah. it's spreading yes, past our fan base. Discovering it, past yeah. Your yeah, yeah, fans. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got to the crazies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's hit crazies. Yeah, that's yeah lovely. The, that's yeah. when the money starts rolling in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, what is the I know this might not be an answerable question, but what is the video of yours that you consider to be of the highest quality that has done the least well? Oh, interesting. Oh, great question. There's, there's, a, there's yeah. a few. I mean, didn't we always... Well, it, this is probably not the one that we think is the best quality, but one that we thought didn't get as much as it deserved. Was, yeah. You know, the interview at Winter, we brought that up last oh, year. Yeah. We were talking yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah, we good, thought yeah. it was really funny. Yeah. Um, this is a radio... It's called a, an interview with Winter, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's, it's just a radio uh, host um, doing an interview with Winter. We've just personified the season. and um, It just has so many jokes in it that really make me laugh. As I, and I look at it at the odd time and it still gives me a laugh. Like, Yeah, but people know, didn't like that <laughs> argument where they're having over it. Like, <clears throat> you know, he's got, he's got the book and it's like it, 10 th- great things about Winter. And yeah. it's still a stupid little joke on a, a forward by autumn. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and. And so stupid. You can only just see it written. You don't even mention it. And then inside, it's just like he's listing soups. And then your man goes, soups? He's like, yeah, soups are traditionally winter. And then the interviewers or the journalist is like, what about gazpacho? And he's like, well, I wouldn't consider that a soup. Well, I mean, it is a soup. And then there's just like improvised <laughs> yeah, conversation we had. With, well, you know, it's and, and, and he's saying, Foyle is saying, well, it, it's runny. It's not thick. And I'm like, well, it's got croutons. And there's a, they're kind of coming over each other. So you can just pick out the bits as it goes through. And then there's just this awkward pause. It's like, okay, well, we'll just... We just parked that, you know. But we yeah. loved it. And then yeah. we do, like, every Christmas, because, um, you know, we're taking the week off, we put out a, a pre-recorded thing of our top 10 favourite sketches from that year. 
and even when we introduced it we were like okay uh, we know that not many people like this sketch but we're putting it in because it's one of our favourites so yeah. here it is watch it this time watch it it properly. is actually really like empowering doing that list because I remember we, we did it last year this is our top 10 sketches this isn't your top 10 this isn't the ones that got the most this is our top 10 so if you don't like that you know watch something else like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that's that's interesting. I like, I've seen a few of those. I saw that like top ten of the last decade kind of thing, mm. and I'm interested in the fact that you're like, just what is that feeling for you that like it's not your top ten? Like, do you that suggests that there is an element of their top ten that suggests friction, right? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it does, like you it? might have thought, oh, that one's still doing really well. Fucking idiots. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> because you're like, because you, because what you're kind of overreaching artistic, not overreaching, but you're. Like with the example of the winter and autumn sketch, that is, I really like that. It sounds funny, but it sounds kind of subtle and nuanced. Mm. And I think maybe some of your stuff that does best is punchy and immediate and very funny and very quick and, and dense, like punchline dense. But like those, those things are almost like, you know, like a joke on The Simpsons. There'll be some jokes that are like big in your face jokes. And there'll be some jokes which are just lovely little details that you maybe wouldn't even notice were jokes. Mm. Do you know what I mean? This yeah. has a different yeah. thing to it. Yeah, I suppose it's all about the big fat middle, isn't it? The the bell curve of what people are going to laugh, what what people can relate to, what the most people will laugh at, uh, at an average laugh, and then you know a slightly more subtle joke where people will, will laugh more at it because they've they've found themselves more intelligent to get this more subtler joke, so they reward themselves with a bigger laugh. And then there's the other side where you've Given them too much information on the joke, and it's it's not as funny mm-hmm. because now you've lost the big fat middle. Yeah, there's no puzzle people. for them to work out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Work I out. think we we even we know it ourselves, don't we? We put we put out a sketch and we go, that's that's going to get views because it's topical. It's you know quite a popular and like you say, it's punchy. And then sometimes we do a few of them in a row, and we're like, that's okay. We can do we can do a character based kind of yeah, character that's quite silly and, and yeah. that are we're into a bit more. There was one there quite recently, and it wasn't the winter one. It was much more recently where we were quite we were quite disappointed. We were like, it wasn't it wasn't my baby. I think it was like oh, a year script or year script finge, and oh, uh, yeah. and, I, and we were like that was funny. That deserved a lot more, and it and it and it died in a tube. Was it the relatively f- the fo- speaking the football chanting one? Was that no, one? no, no, it wasn't that one. Well, actually, well that one though. Yeah, well that yes. Pro- that, that probably is what I'm thinking of. Yes, that was a lot funnier than than it got credit for. Yeah, true. But it might have just been because it was sports that it kind of alienated maybe yeah. some people. I don't know. Do you know what it could be as well? Like you'll know this definitely. Like any comedian who who watches comedy, you know, you have your taste when you see a comedian do something in particular that you, like you get in on. Like that's your buzz as opposed to maybe a general audience member's buzz. And I think maybe yeah. that's what there's certain sketches that we get a much bigger kick out of. Mm. Yeah. Like the ones that are like are yeah. quite punchy are easier to write, I guess. And you, you can see the strings a little bit as a comedian, you know, like, you know, sure. oh, this is how it works together. But the ones that are more character-based and, like, say, more subtle, they're the ones like, oh, we made that work. Well, that mm. was a bit, that was quite skilled to get that going. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, ooh, ooh. Oh, yeah. It, was the, it was the card sketch. The card The, the, card, the card shop. The, the card, card shop. shop. Yes, uh, yes, That was yes. the one that... The card I, shop was funny. And I it thought didn't. it was really, really funny. And I watched it and I was editing it. I never mm. laugh at the edit. Yeah. Mm. And I was funny. laughing while I was editing it. Mm. And, uh, and I mean, I, we, we knew when we were doing it, it was like, this is a sketch about a card shop. What is it even called? You know, what can we call this that would make people <clears> watch this? Yeah. Because we're getting a bit better at that, like I said. We're like, you know, yeah. it was like, oh, the card shop that has a greeting card for literally every occasion. It's like, that kind of sounds mildly interesting. So we went with that. 
But yeah, like but no one's gonna. But yeah, its relatability is quite low. Yeah, it's not relatable. Yeah. It's not topical. So you're yeah. already you've the, lost two things. That the are, more surreal our sketch is going to be, it's probably going to be more funny for comedians. And, yes, and people yeah. who, who like comedy. <laughs> yeah, the more surreal it is, the less hits it's going to get. The more relatable it is, the more punchy it is, uh, the more viral it's going to be. But also, you, I think you there. I don't have any proof to back this up, so this is just a hunch. But I know who killed JFK. No. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, No, no, but I think the character-based ones that are more subtle or whatever, they, like, retain your audience and they get your audience to like you. They're more likely to buy tickets to your show and to go, like, this is my jam. Whereas, like, you know, the the punchy, like, really viral or topical ones, that just reaches a bigger audience and that's, like, cast in the net wide. That drags them in and then... And then you yeah. pummel them to death with your <coughs> character sketches. Yeah, which are actually meaty, funny yeah, sketches. Funny. And yeah, funny. Oh, this is something I'd like to see which maybe are... in real life, you know. That separates you from the other kind of... Yeah, you want more of the character stuff, whereas the punchy stuff... Well, someone else has done a punchy thing, you can go and watch next. We, yeah. we, we did... We did um, vegetables throws a party. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And at this point, Stuart, we were like, Really? Vegetables. We're doing a sketch called Vegetables Throws a Party. That was like a head, Come on. A head in hands moment. We were dressing up, like I was dressing up in red, full red, uh, with like a red beret to play a tomato. You know, <laughs> really? is, this, like, is this the moment where, is this the moment like in the documentary where the they lost their way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this uh, is after the success of the uh, the how- rooms in your house throw a party. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which this is became... really iconoclastic and unusual and funny. And you're like, great, throws a party. Let's do yeah. other things. Yeah. That, that, that was nice. It kind of, it's both worlds of being kind of uh, very relatable because everyone's got out of rooms in their house and uh, and then and then uh, and then but then surreal and kind of weird as well so it's kind of kind of like, funny in that way uh, yeah. that it kind of had a bit of integrity about it as, <laughs> as, as, as opposed to vegetables throws a party like, we actually had a conversation in the middle of we were all dressed up as different vegetables and we we're looking at the script and we're like okay we better leave the joke in about the aubergine like being kind of like a penis in you know, tech speak because otherwise this could be CBBS. you know we have to we have to put in some slightly adult jokes in this we, we were in gonna, tears I, we were in tears we, it took us two days to film so it was an extra day's shoot to, to do a script that we weren't mad on but we knew it had funny bits on it but we weren't fully behind and then it just came together in the edit and people loved it I but look, I, I love it as well now like it's yeah. so silly <clears throat> well I knew it would be big it's just I knew it would be yeah, because was your idea 8 billion people know what vegetables are so there you go there's your relatability <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah um, so, so, so Franco is the populist voice right yeah let's <laughs> Well, that, that may denigrate him a bit, but yeah, you've, yeah. Got, you've got to make sure, it. Sure, yeah. You've got, a bit, you've got a better eye. Well, it's a compliment for doing this yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, no slight in your comic ability, I guess. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. To yeah. identify the hits. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Eight billion people know what a vegetable is. I mean, that's a compelling argument, right? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. 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 So the days of the week have a party. You know, that was yours as well. You know, everyone knows the days of the week. Yeah, yeah. The more and more I've been thinking about recently is just relatability. But then if the someone can relate to it, then. But true, but like, like I, like a, like an, like a friend of my mother said, which was kind of interesting. I always listen to the older generation when they, when they like your sketch, it usually means that it's good because, yeah, and to reach them, I think is yeah. the hardest. But, um, she said like, when I saw it was vegetables, I thought, how can you make vegetables funny? You know how. <laughs> And like that's the challenge, though. If you're doing yeah. something that's really relatable, then it's way harder to find that point that makes it 
unique, original, and funny. Mm. That's mm. that's that's much more difficult. Well, certainly original because if it's universal, then yeah, 100%. there's eight billion yeah. people who could have thought of the idea before you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe less comedians, but at least maybe a million comedians. Oh, there's a lot of time comedians. If someone has like an idea that sounds like a really great idea, but it's like very simple sketch premise, but brilliant, you know. You, we all just have to go off and Google to make sure no one has done it before, you know, because you're like, oh, yes. there's so many people out it's there. It's terrifying Google. Yeah. yeah. Awful. And you don't want to be the guy God. who finds it as well. No. Yeah. If it's not your idea, you don't like, I've got some bad news here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, and then you're watching and you're like, oh, well, I thought we would have done a better job than that. Oh, no, but we still yeah. can't do it now either way. And a lot gone. of the time you do, we do, we go, we could have done a better job of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're competing with people who just film on their phones as well. Like, yeah. and like so it's a race against. It's a race against time. It's that, a race that, against the democratized creativity of everyone in the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in fairness, I think there are only certain types of ideas, and we don't actually come across them. Oh that my often. god! Do you remember once we had <laughs> this wood sketch? Just like we didn't Google it to check. We probably wouldn't oh, have found this anyway. We did we this. Have. It was about. Uh, we we're trying to play off. Um, you know, uh, artists being asked to do things for experience. You know, we won't pay you, but we'll do. You can, you can get experience. Sport exposure. Oh, exposure. Sorry, yeah, exposure. Sorry. And um, so the this premise of the thing was a plumber comes out to fix a leaky tap for this guy, and the guy uh, at the end, the plumber's looking for the money, and the guy's like, "No, well, I'll pay you an exposure." And it's like taking snaps, and the plumber's going, "No, no, no, no." Simple premise, you know. Anyway, we do it, and then we get a few like people going. Oh, you just stole this video off the Italian sketch group. But a bit of a bit of I was like, "What?" Well, we get emails from people going, "Like, I really love your stuff. You don't need to take ideas from other groups. You're good enough on your own." And we're like, yeah. "What is going on?" Like, like, I forgive you for stealing, but you're definitely thieves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we go on, and they send us the link, and we go in, and they're like, "It's the same premise, but also with a plumber." I was like, oh, well, what are the chances? Like, yeah. we could have picked any other job, yeah. but we yeah. both well, you could, you could, We could tell. We went through the kind of thought process of it, and you're like, well, the plumber fits the best. Because yeah, it's yeah. like, you're getting your hands dirty. It's a job that, that doesn't really benefit from exposure at all. Yeah. Like, even yeah. Carpenter. Oh, he's a great Carpenter. Look at this, what he made. Like, you know, plumber. Yes, look plumber at this. is inherently private, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. So it fits perfectly. So I can understand where they, they oh, came to. But, like, they did, our fans, didn't, the, the Italian fans didn't believe us. And why would they? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. for the plumbing, you know, like yeah. it's the same sketch, but it's Italian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't believe it. And the good, the dude was even dressed like me oh, as well. He had the, yeah. he was dressed like an absolute sap, like basically. Yeah. Oh, was was yeah. it an advert? Was it made into an advert? Or was that no? I don't no, think so. it's just a sketch. Yeah, just a sketch. Are there other things? Are there other benefits to being TV famous? that you don't get from being online. Because I see every so often, I'll see someone who is known as a YouTuber who is doing a TV show, who's guesting on a TV show, some sort of comedy format, game show, panel show, whatever. And I think obviously the TV show benefits, because or they hope to benefit, they hope they're getting the YouTuber on there and some of the YouTuber's fans. There's got to be something in it for the YouTuber as well. And I, I, kind of has, I don't remember exactly where I'm remembering this conversation from, but I'm sure I spoke to someone who said, oh, well, the thing about YouTubers is they all want to be TV famous. Because even though they've got a million subscribers, they're all around the world, they don't get recognised walking down the street. Hmm. So there must yeah. be some other kind of benefits. Like maybe once you start to be TV famous, you become, you know, once you get to kind of household name, then there's other kinds of options and then you turn up in the MCU or, do you know what I mean? All that kind of, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, does any mm. of that appeal? Does any of that register? Or is it purely to do with, <clears throat> it's the three of you working together as a team? Oh, no. They, I guess they still get, they still get recognised walking down the street. The YouTubers... 
Yeah, there is a public mentality though. If you're on the telly, you're famous. If you're on YouTube, you're not. Yeah, that, that's just a, a, a mentality of people. Which is a nice way to be. It's 100%. nice because we're, yeah, we're like, now. Dude, to what extent do you want to be famous? Being famous is awful. But like the, the comedy is supposed to be like if you can if you can. I always say like comedy works best in the corner of a, like a bar. You know, like well, obviously people with, with good lighting and people mm-hmm. can see and all the other things. Like a good a good comedy venue that's kind of grimy. That's where it works better. And the internet. You know, YouTube or Facebook, that is that in media terms. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, the rough and ready. Yeah, it is. Um, oh, yeah. You know, television is the polished, mm. the polished article. Television is the fancy room, the fancy function room where the comedy is taking place. And yeah, the I view, just think yeah. comedy works better in, in the definitely grimy. Yeah, and even like perception of people. People have like for, forever. TV has been the thing you have to get on to be famous. It's flipped now, but it hasn't changed, I think, in people's uh, mentality. So it's, just, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like, like, they see you doing, people come up to us all the time and they're like, fair play to you for making those videos. I hope you keep it up. And then you can, maybe someday you could make it your full-time job. Yeah, and yeah. like, yeah. well, we've been, okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, and, but then someone, if you've been on TV for, you know, 10 mm. minutes, people think you're, you're rich and you're famous. Sure. So it's just a so, funny mentality. And when you're popular um, on people's phones for example um, they they watch you and, and they, they watch you maybe regularly but they don't know that everyone else watches you you know say yeah. on like the person beside them on the train whereas it's assumed if you're on TV oh yeah the person on that train does watch this the 9 out of 10 cats or whatever I watched last night mm. the person on so they see you and go oh my god you are a cult classic no oh, one knows yeah. you and they go oh, and then they're probably more excited to see you because they think that you're a diamond in the, in the rough how did I bump into this person you know there's a closer connection there yeah, as well closer connection but as well I mean like if you're on TV you're, you're invading people's homes against their <laughs> will you know, like they yeah. have, they have they have pressed the button and then your face has come on. Like if that's they, they get the haze, that's yeah. what they get. That's what we get annoying. We don't really, honestly, get no. We don't really get many haters or negative comments or really barely anything. anything. Barely, barely anything. anything. You know, yeah. and I think well, part of it is probably you know whatever gender orientated. I would imagine this women seem to get a lot more abuse. To be fair, but uh, I think some of it is to do with being on YouTube and being you know you no one's forcing you to watch this video. You have to click onto it, and then you know so there's a certain ownership over that. Whereas I think TV comedians, I think if you're on certain channels or they change a channel and they see you twice, that seems to really annoy people. Yeah. <laughs> so the, you know the Father Ted joke if Jack turns on the Ted that gobshite again. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. Just in your face, like yeah. yeah. Or so they think, because the algorithm is showing them whatever. Yeah, they yeah. Actually, it already. Well, knows. if they liked it, then it'll show it to them again. Show if they again, didn't, yes. then it won't. Yes, I remember reading a yeah. review of yours from years ago where it said um, there's a huge queue outside McEwen Hall in uh, in Edinburgh, and the vibe of the queue is everyone in the queue is going, "Is this is this really foils arm foil arms and hogs <laughs> queue?" Like because <laughs> yeah. like everyone thinks they've personally discovered you themselves. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, yeah, yeah I think that's yeah. definitely, had we yeah, been on yeah. the telly, I don't think anybody would think that. Yeah. So you get to be, like, you're successful, but you're kind of permanent underdogs, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe a good way of yeah, it's, it's a great, it's, it's a great, great place to start for comedy, yeah. isn't yeah, it? Lower expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, underground not? smash it. These guys shouldn't be in that big room, but we'll yeah. go along with it. Oh, fair play to those guys. <laughs> so even when you're in a huge, just coming back to something you said at the beginning, and then we'll do a couple of audience questions if, you, if you've got time. Um, that... When you go to Edinburgh with a show that isn't ready, but you're playing to a thousand people in McEwen Hall or nine hundred people or whatever it is, yeah. does that 
does that change? Does it change it to have a show that isn't ready when the stakes are higher? Do the stakes <laughs> yeah. feel oh, higher? Oh, when it's, it's, oh, it's awful. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> I, I will yeah. try and get some of this to put online because uh, some of the visuals because oh all God. of your faces then were an absolute picture Adam says <laughs> he's just yeah. listening no that was definitely a concern I think it, I think the show became a little bit more ready when we moved to that room mm. 10% do you not remember the uh, the what was that? no yeah. don't <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dallas what's oh, the name of the sketch it, man it, oh it was called all I can think is the filmed version of it now no it was the Galacadonians <clears throat> was it or something oh, it was just the Poundlands the yeah. origins of Black Friday do you know what he had an amazing opening line I, we were all dressed in this really uh, uh, I, I'll ruin the joke if I, if I say where we got it from but we got like uh, from like kind of cleaning products and Tupperware and holding like a toilet brush and the opening line was I come from a faraway land known as Poundland and and then the next guy would come out with equally crazy stuff with like you know Mars and Twix so standing like I come from a faraway world known as two euro world yeah and then, and then, then we- I had to come out with like <laughs> weightlifters weights on a staff which was so heavy tied around my neck and I was from Planet Fitness and I, I couldn't keep it together I was like this is so because yeah. we never really do heavy based prop stuff we just it, it's oh not God, and yeah. it, it bombs oh it just bombs wasn't so badly so that was in the preview shows yeah the, I yeah. loved it and was that in front <laughs> of a large bombing. number of people was it, sorry mm-hmm. Was that in front of a large number of people? Yeah, they were, yeah. They were saw that room. Oh, yeah, those, they, they were Edinburgh, Edinburgh previews, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think like, when people come Edinburgh. to our preview shows, hopefully because we've done, I don't know, is it 12 Edinburgh or something like that, they know that the preview shows are going to be that messing and that messing and energy you can get away with in the preview, show, preview shows is, is re- actually really fun. It makes for a really so fun show. Fun. And it does take yeah. the pressure off. And it's like, fresh and exciting. But yes, yeah. when you get to the full price shows... On no, that, do you know the worst one? Oh. The, the worst one by far is... Oh, stop, show. stop. So you start with the say. two preview shows, right? <laughs> and, and it's brilliant crack and you're on cloud nine and you think yeah. you can do no wrong, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, depending on the layout of the calendar, obviously, broadly speaking, you, hit the, the, you might hit a... I don't know, do you hit a Saturday there? No, you don't. Then really. you get two for ones. You get two for ones. You get two two for one day. So they're kind of like, so... Again, yeah, we start, we say, yeah, yeah. The, 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 this is a two for one, so it's going to be half as funny as, you know, exactly. what, like a full price show. <laughs> and, and then you hit like a Wednesday, sometimes at that point, and Black it's Wednesday. Like, yeah, yeah, what they call Black Wednesday. But yeah. again, expectations low, there's not that many people in, you kind of create that siege mentality. And it, it's when you hit that first Saturday where... The, they're paying Saturday prices for a show that is only either it's not ready uh, but it's kind of you've worked a lot at it but it's it's just it's lost that initial madness and now you're relying on the script which isn't quite there in the first week it never is mm. and then they're they're tough days then and do you remember just a, a follow on from oh, that is oh, yeah. like so those first shows you know you're aiming for like 55 minutes an hour right and the madness and the fun of those shows where, where you're figuring out where the sketch is working, finding laughs, exploring, improving, and, and then going home the next day and trying to write it down and tighten the script up. So you have that madness that gets you through that first week and then you get to the proper shows and you're like, right, let's do the script tonight and just make sure the script is funny and it's lost kind of that endless and the madness. And our show one night, oh my God, it's still actually most, oh, yeah. the worst oh, horrors. Oh no. This was in, in I the know what you're going big to room. Say. We thought it was going to be 55 minutes and the show finished after like 41 minutes and we were like, but that's that's it. Good, goodbye, everyone. Do, do you remember? And <laughs> we we always make a point. We've always said, and this is the entirety of Edinburgh, all twelve years. Yeah. We go outside and meet the crowd as they leave because there's nothing. You know, you want to, It's that feedback you can see on their faces if they enjoyed it, if they didn't. 
and we went out like blood running cold. Now, people were actually very happy, mm. thankfully. There was one person who did say, like, that was a bit short, but she didn't mean in matter, but like inside we knew that we oh, had shortchanged gosh. people and we just yeah. felt like yeah. death out there. Oh, God, yeah. it was awful. Like, yeah. It's such a big room to be only in there for 40 yeah, minutes. Yeah, it would have been queuing for longer than that, probably. Yeah. Oh. Oh, it was horrible. Yikes. And then, but yeah, it's, it's when you, it was when I think we, we caught a sketch. We caught that sketch. Yeah. And, uh, and then yeah, suddenly you've the been, best sketch we ever did. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, have a hole in the show, and you you then because naturally the sketches get longer as you add more jokes in. You, you improvise more, and then you keep the improvised bits, and but you're still improvising as well. But you keep the, yeah. the good bits. Our fifty five Edin fifty five minute Edinburgh show. By the time we go on tour, because we do two halves on tour, that fifty five minute show has become an hour and twenty minutes worth of material because we just keep adding to it. Yeah, keep adding to it. The stuff then that happens between the sketches that becomes part of it or whatever yeah. you know but yeah no that that first that first one when you've tightened it too much Ooh. oh god Ooh, yeah. mm. oh. that keep you up at night do you do you see <laughs> other sketch shows do you go and see other sketch shows at Edinburgh uh, to see other yeah like or are I, you I, so I try, I try to yeah every Edinburgh yeah I, I go I go see a lot of sketches the guys yeah, the don't really one. like I, sketch I, comedy. I, I don't really like sketch comedy. I've always said it. <laughs> I, I, that's not true of me now. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, yeah you're it's okay my, with it. Yeah, it's yeah. not my bag. It's, it's, just, it's, it's not Bingo's thing. It's not, thing. It's, not, it's not my thing. It's like, it's like Tiger Woods is like, I don't really like golf. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what the problem is? I probably, I did like sketch back in the day before we really got into doing this. The problem is I cannot sit and watch somebody else's sketch show without thinking what I would do with their sketches or how they put them together. Show. I cannot turn off. You it's, miserable man. I know. <laughs> just I, enjoy it. I can't enjoy it. I'm just like, oh yeah. Oh, that was it. I'm just either going like, oh, that was very clever. I wouldn't have thought of that. See, or like, oh, you missed a beat there. When, yeah. Oh, that's what you should have done. It would a little bit tighter. And I'm, I'm just like, stop, well, stop, to, stop. To be honest, that's probably what someone with two degrees would probably think of. <laughs> <laughs> you can't switch off the brain. Yeah, we're just you know? not at that level. Yeah. <laughs> that cognitive ability isn't there for us. <laughs> the reason, part of the reason why I ask is, are there qualities that you see in certain other sketch acts or TV sketches, anything like, or, or internet sketches? performers are there qualities that you aspire to because you must have like you've got your toolkit like you're really the you know the punchline you have incredibly dense punchlines like um, like i i mentioned before great imaginations you've got some really nicely i think of the this song about the monks it's such a great song and it's like every it's a it's a song where every line is a joke and that's so rare brilliant um, or the paper bag hats where you've got that little mm. melodrama. You know, there are certain things mm. you do very well. And I'm interested in, like, what do you think are your secret weapons as a sketch act? What specific things do you do well? And what specific things do you wish you could do better or see other people doing and think, that'd be great if we had a bit of that? Well, we've, we tr- we've tried that. We've tried to get better at certain things. Like, we went to, we went to a class with uh, Phil Burgers, the, uh, the clowning expert. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. who's absolutely brilliant and we adore him and um, yeah, we went because his <clears throat> watching his shows when we were playing like Just the Tonic of the Case we just went back to see his show about seven eight times crying yeah. crying yeah. with laughter <laughs> yeah and we're like what is what is this what is he doing here what is he this just, what is doesn't he doesn't care doing? when it goes wrong yeah and then of course we're like and then of course it turned out that he, he, he teaches this and then uh, this clowning thing which is you know finding the funny in being bad of uh, being humiliating yourself and then we did this really tough um, Monday to Friday 9 to 5 cl- um, course with him and uh, really he pummeled us <laughs> he really pummeled us and uh, he Mentally wouldn't let us exhausting. use any of our like you know 
comedic techniques that we would he's rely really on. good at that, right? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, that's funny. We've yeah. seen that. Give yeah, yeah. something else. And then yeah, you're, yeah. you're good at crumble. that. Yeah. And he wants to see, I really showed us something that we didn't know we could use, which is uh, our own humanity, shall we say, if we get pretentious about it, you know, being, being vulnerable on stage and the audience just liking you as a person and using that and then you humiliating yourself for our entertainment and then harnessing that to further on the show. Yeah, to create something, to get something out of yeah. it. The removing of your masks, you know, they talk about like, Mm. As a performer, or as a, actually as a person, really, where you, you're going to wear these masks and your your ego, your protection, whatever. Yeah, and it's just <coughs> the, I'm I mean, so clever. Here's a, a, comedians here's a must be the people with the most amount of masks because you've kind of mm. you've 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 made yourself funny in order to cope with the yeah with yeah. the tragedy of life. You and know? You've, you've a burning desire to be funny and yeah. to be that entertainer. And then you're going on stage in front of like audiences and doing five minutes, and like, the audience is rough and doesn't like your. Yeah, shouts yeah. out things at you and like yeah, yeah. build of all these yeah, yeah, layers yeah 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 shields yeah yeah, yeah. full suit of armour every time you get up there but I guess yeah that's one thing we definitely learned <clears> from <throat> Phil Berger's um, and from his his show but I think yeah. in answer to your question your other question which was um, you know what what do we was it what do we do that we yeah think what what do you consider are your superpowers as a sketch uh, I I think we Pe- would like to people keep mentioning our dynamic that's the only yeah. one that I guess yeah. said back to us. Yeah, well, no. people love it in a show when stuff goes wrong. And I thought that's where the dynamic comes in because we in, in, intentionally involve the audience in our shows because there's a chance for it to go in a new direction or stuff to for more madness to happen. And when it goes off the rails like that, people seem to love the show more when it goes wrong, probably because of how we play off each other, which is a lot to do with, obviously, Phil Berger's and what we learned with him. Yeah, yeah, sitting, yeah. sitting in that shit. I mean, I know you mentioned at the start, like, oh, look, it's all gone a mess. But I mean, <laughs> it's it's more kind of like, it's more dealing with that, but then crafting something out of it rather than abandoning, you know, like it's not, it's it goes to pieces, but then the pieces are built back up into something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you always yeah. use what happens. Yeah, use the, use the mistake. Use the bad thing that yeah, happens. Yeah, to craft a new narrative from that. You it's, know? it's the not panicking when it goes wrong That's that we've gotten yeah. good at over the last yeah. six years, maybe. In early days, remember when <laughs> stuff went wrong early days, then we would just go faster. We would just do <laughs> the material yeah. faster. We've got to break that four to one minute record. Yeah, because we're like we we know we've a banging joke coming up in twenty eight lines. Let's just get there now. Just get there. Yeah, yeah. You don't like our material? Well, how about you like it faster? Yeah, <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, but now we're so much more and relaxed. Louder. We'd probably be louder. louder. We were louder, faster. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a that's like one of, those, uh, one of those videos of like it's B movie but every time they say the word B it speeds up by 1.2 or something have you seen oh, that really? yeah, 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 yeah. it's like a gradually accelerating terrifying yeah, it's exactly oh, yeah. but now Did I think you? we just we can trust you we know we know now that if it goes wrong hold on just sit in it let's try and work it back we have we're with these people for two hours let's work it into the show let's make something of it let's not yeah. panic basically yeah yeah, yeah. definitely but it, I think when I see other sketch groups, I always want them to. I always want them to talk to us as an audience. You know, to look you in the eye like a stand-up does. You know, so a stand-up will get, tell a very personal story, but you will make or she uh, will make you feel like you are the only people being told that story. You, you, everyone in this room. You know, and you want that that same for a sketch. So the sketch groups that we watch, some of them are very skilled and have amazing you know, whatever lines and everything. And I just want them to to get that connection with the audience across rather than play a scene as if we're watching telly. Do you, you know, know? Do you know what part of it is probably it, 
what has always made us because there's not much sketch in Ireland certainly not when we were starting out but there's, there's always been tons of sketch in the UK but the UK sketch groups generally speaking always have blackouts so they do their scene you see them in character they have a blackout and then when the lights come back up they are a new character in a new scene but you never see them they never drop character to talk to you in between the sketches and I think that's something that's different <coughs> it just happened to us by accident because we were doing comedy clubs where they were like, you want a blackout? Are you joking? There's no tech in this room. Yeah, so we yeah. developed the symbol. Mm. But we have now those moments in between shows where we are more like stand-ups just talking to you and then we go back into character. But yeah, maybe yeah. a lot of those sketch groups with the blackouts, they miss that, the personality coming across. The personality, yeah. We, uh, so, we, oh, sorry. Go on. Uh, we also do our own warm-up act as well where we, uh, uh, we go out into the audience at the start. Um, a lot these days and we're messing around with them and uh, so that's that's much, really fun I mean, very much personal and in your face yeah and, and like they can evolve into sketches as well and yeah I, if a few if a few things I, 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 I'm really sorry to have missed this part or, or I really miss doing this but I used to do like a guided tour of every venue at the start of the show okay which was you'd kind of start to like bullshit facts about the about the theater and when <laughs> okay. it was when it was built in <laughs> yeah. the 16th century by florence nightingale or whatever like nonsense would come into your head and then you'd get people from the audience up to, to follow you to follow, you, yeah, follow the tour. tour you know and then you'd kind of berate them look around look interested you know and then you get more people <laughs> and you'd have like six or seven people and the theaters are all different you know so there's different doors that lead to different places so you could take them outside of the th- sometimes the theaters would have doors that would lead to the street and then suddenly you're in the street with them but your radio mic is still working and you, you know, just so there's it, yeah. a lot of fun to be had there's a lot that can like, go wrong and then we can hopefully use you can use all of that all yeah. of that can be used yeah. then for the rest of the show whatever you get from all that seeming mm. and, and it doesn't matter if it doesn't work if a joke there doesn't work because if you reference it again later on and you make it work within a new context you just get extra yeah. extra marks or points or whatever you want to what you want to say it. Rebecca Thorpe asks have you ever had a big comedic or creative disagreement what was it about and how did they resolve it? We've heard a lot about the process voting. It all seems plain sailing. Has there been one time that sticks in your memory as like a falling out? No. Nothing. Any grudges or feuds? No. There was the end Very of like the UK tour where we were just so exhausted. I think we just didn't want to look at each other. Yeah, that was a bit of time ago. That was a long time ago. This is like when we were driving like eight hours to do a I show to remember. four people and then like, oh. oh God, and then another six hours of somewhere else. It was a horrible tour and then we were just like... Was that the budget tour I, I organised <laughs> where, where, where I was in charge of the logistics and, I, pretty good. and I booked the cheapest possible accommodation and transport you could you could find and I, I found it like god we made a profit that, that year yeah we did because <laughs> uh, uh, god it was miserable yeah it was miserable no I don't no, there's I don't never been so. a, no. anything like where we've had a fight about it we wouldn't be going artistic. this long to be honest with you as a sketch group if, if that happened at no. any semi-regularly yeah. even I mean, you, we often hear about other sketch groups and their nonsense, Lord rest their uh, names, but they're gone. You know, they didn't last. And it's because they just couldn't figure out a way to come to an agreement on things. It helps that there's three people, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, not too many. Not too many. Yeah. yeah. Too yeah. many. But you have to be willing to let go. You, I guess you kind of see the writing on the wall, really. If, you, if you're unwilling to let go of your idea, then the other person might do the same you know yeah. the next yeah. day and then then what have you just like mm. uh, yeah we've mm. just gotten better at taking the 
the criticisms because they're not criti- they're criticisms about you about your jokes yeah, you, you trust, people take them as criticisms initially and initially. then you learn that it's not <clears> you trust you. the other person so much now that you yeah. know that they're doing it for the right reasons yeah. they're not doing it to get back at you because you didn't like my joke earlier so now I'm going to pretend not to like your one even though it's really good yeah. like that mm-hmm. I, that doesn't go on because mm-hmm. you'd be screwed then I think the big thing as well is that we, we tried to we pooled our personal ambitions into one collective ambition so I think a lot of sketch groups fall apart because well maybe well, we are all actors I guess you know but like it's a lot of actors come together and then one actor wants to go off and do that and that's the end of the sketch group but oh, yeah well, one, one gets a small part in Peaky Blinders and the, the other gets you know an advert and suddenly they're whatever but we we yeah. Yeah, financially we put, pool everything together. So even though we have individual kind of like voiceover work or advert work, it all goes into the the same pool. It all goes into the same pool. It all gets shared. Mm, all the same bank accounts. Yeah. No way. Sorry, yeah. that took me a second to get my head round. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One yeah. of you will go off and do an, an advert and get a couple of grand for it and put it into the company account. It all goes into yeah, the company. Yeah, we've done that. You, since you're my heroes. That's the best yeah. thing I've ever heard. That's been, we've been yeah. doing that since it's about 20, 20, 2010 or something. Yeah, that's a great because system. Because while you're, while you're doing your advert earning the money they're they're off writing you know mm. yeah so you're all working yeah that's yeah. the best that's the, i think that's the best thing i've ever heard in comedy that's probably maybe something that we didn't see but that probably is a glue that is probably yeah. a glue because also yeah. like when, when at the moment i mean let's face it anytime one of us gets offered something it's off the back a, a large degree of you know hey it's yeah. the four arms and hog guy yeah yeah so, exactly yeah. yeah so you kind of can't just disregard that and take your money like yeah, yeah. so does that mean if you need to send in a self-tape for something the others are like geeing you up we want this gig you've got to go out there and bring oh. home the money well we do yeah. there's just been times where we've sent in like tapes or auditions that three of us have sent it in and we're like well one of us will probably get it yeah <laughs> and that means best. we all that's, of like, oh, yeah. that's the best thing i've ever heard that was yeah. so funny because there was the, the voice there was a yeah. voiceover recently we're like yeah because they go yeah it was on the phone right and and uh, and uh, the voiceover agent uh, was saying to me, um, "Oh, listen, it's down to two people." And I was like, "Oh, okay, you're one of them, and Sean Flanagan is the other." And I was like, <laughs> was "You mean like Flango? Yeah, yeah, from the group." I was like, "Well, I don't really care. Uh, I actually hope he gets it because I get the same money, and I want <laughs> to do it." <laughs> <laughs> But uh, as it transpired, none of us got it. (laughs) They went a different direction. Oh, give us a break. Uh, That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Finally, then, what is, what's, what's the plan? Like you get a million subscribers next, then what? 10 million? What's the plan? That sounds like a good plan that right there. That like a good plan. <coughs> what you just said. Um, yeah. I don't know if we have a... Yeah. No, I don't know if... I mean... We're not in the comedy business. We're in the, We're the empire, empire business. business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be nice to get a million subscribers on YouTube, I, I, I would imagine. I don't know what that would do. But it probably wouldn't change an awful lot. Nice for the ego. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. We'd l- I think I'd like to probably, at some point, you know, working on a sitcom, I'd like to yeah. put that together. But then again, it's it's only just really an option. It's not... Yeah, it's, it's not, not the not goal. goal. It's not a, no, it's not a necessity. Same with a, a movie no. is in my head. It, it would be really nice. I think somebody mentioned to us before an agent says like it'd be nice to have something that you can look back on and go like that was professionally made. All the yeah, stuff we make something is something that had a bit of money yeah. behind it that looked good that you could then really stand, stand over. The test of time, and go, I guess. Hey, yeah, that yeah. was that. But that's not an urgency either. No, because we're very happy doing what we're doing at the moment. It's the it's it's probably like I often say it to the lads, like I kind of like like even no matter where things go, like if this is it. Like you know, you come into your office, you write something, you film it yourself, you put it out. No one says what you can and can't do. You it's know, you, you choose. Yeah, and <clears throat> we're living have, the dream. You've all of the crack <clears throat> and none of the the weight of 
of production staff and time and you know you, you control it all yourself like we're living the, the the naff youtuber dream the naff youtuber <laughs> dream. are you happy oh yeah. very yeah, oh, yeah. Very, yes yeah, absolutely yeah very very lucky ask us actually this. ask us that again in about six months when we go back on tour proper and are doing the videos oh, yeah, yeah. at the yeah. same time that's yeah. when it gets tough <laughs> and then 10 years after that when Sean Flanagan's an Avenger and he's still splitting his money three ways oh, yeah. 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 that's got to be rolling safe. his eyes I'll be in Sicily on the beach and I'm like yeah and they said they brought me back for another one another one that's eight Avenger movies I've done <laughs> I think you're really great at them yeah <laughs> That short curly character I don't think he's any good is he he's brilliant, oh, he's brilliant. Oh, okay fair enough <laughs> so that was them what a lovely bunch of boys what a great thing that was 40 minutes of extras at comedianscomedian.com slash insiders or if you're already in the gang it'll be on your private feed now and of course if you haven't yet joined uh, then you can also get the exclusive insiders Q&A's recorded via Zoom uh, with Nish Kumar James Acaster Fern Brady Alfie Brown and the amazing Self Help for Comedians special with Amanda Donnett tremendous amount of stuff to enjoy follow Foil Arms and Hog predominantly on YouTube I guess uh, I'm still waiting for them to send me their um, uh, their list of CTAs that's calls to action um, but I guess their main thing is subscribe 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 so find them on YouTube the content there is great There's some of the sketches we mentioned paper bag hats is just a brilliant place to start um, the one man play is a great place to start but I think you'll enjoy that more once you know them a little better like it's so good you should save it up and savour it um, and uh, and of course all of their their big chunky format ones different rooms of your house go to a party and how they behave all of that stuff they're so imaginative and they just crank the stuff out so fast and so efficiently Foil Arms and Hog a joy to have them on thank you to you for listening thank you to Nathan Wood for producing the show Jake Crossland for doing the logging the music was by Rob Smelton uh, of Black Peaches and Peter Dobbing remains your podcast consultant in defiance of God. Um, I will post it. I won't post Amble at you. I'll just tack this on now. I've got to go out. I'm going to go do some writing with a friend who is just dipping a toe into stand-up for the first time. And we're going to write some jokes together. And I need to zip off to do that on a poncy little electro scooter. I will tell you this. This Okay, that's the end of the show. This is the post Amble. Ready? <sighs> I left my therapist. I completed my relationship with my therapist, the one who has seen me. Look, I've only met her in person once. The rest of it was been on Zoom during the um, during the pandemic. And she's so, so, so good. Thank you to my friend who introduced her to me. Uh, you are absolutely right. She has radically changed the way I think about. She's just let me get into a few of the long term things and what they were all about. If you want to know more, some of it comes up on the special panamble that I did recently about belonging. Um, but it was a beautiful and joyful and emotional time to say, I think we're done here. Let's revise everything. The last couple of sessions have all been tracking towards, I think we might be done, but I don't want to backslide. How can I make sure I never go back? Don't put me back in the dark place. And it just completed. And as someone who has been in and out of various therapy situations, and there may be more in the future, and I don't... I don't um, claim that that's never never going to happen and to be honest the pod's nearly 10 years old i think you've heard this song from me before but this felt calm and mature and adult and thank you we're done so if you're in therapy there is a potential end in sight if you want there to be one if you haven't done it if i have one mission in life try and go to therapy i know it's not cheap i know you've got to wait a long time on the nhs and you won't necessarily find the right person 
you have to pay yourself first emotionally this is an investment phrase pay yourself first but you know save your money that you need to save for your pension or whatever before you pay your bills that's hard and difficult and you have to earn more in order to pay the bills but it won't work if you do it the other way around if you pay all the bills and don't save anything then you will end up in dire straits i think the reason i'm mentioning this is because the premise of pay yourself first i think it applies to your happiness and i would rather eat less good food and pay for therapy and get it done and get happy because that's just the bedrock i realize that's a position of privilege and i happily check my privilege there i know not everyone can afford it but if you can the the key thing i'm saying is try and get some barter for it try and get over the bit of you that's thinking i don't need it i don't need it it's not for me i'm fine it probably you probably are fine but you probably could be more fine so please try and do that that's my mission in life everyone should get therapy all right toodaloo (laughs) 